Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, 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 this is it. This is Top Flag Time Machine. I am Andy, hot-bodied Orson, I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Right. Right. Here we go. Right. It's the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. We're looking at the classic 1979 football-based film, Yesterday's Hero, as penned by Jackie Collins, starring Ian McShane. Paul Nicholas, Adam Faith, Suzanne Summers, Glynis Barber, and all the others. Um, I made a purchase since the last time we did an episode, Sam. Can you say that? Yeah, I saw you put that on um, Instagram LP. or Twitter. It's a fucking, soundtrack. The soundtrack. It's a great, really great uh, uh, cover and poster. Oh, it's a gatefold. It's a gatefold. Oh. It's not a double album. How much that gatefold City Bat, Fiverr plus postage. Oh my god, I'm getting that as well. Sorry to be a pirate. <clears throat> yeah, that's all right. And inside, it's got like the cast list, um, the writer written by Jackie Collins, who was produced by Oscar S. Lerman and Ken Regan. Uh, <laughs> executive producer Elliot Kastner, directed by Neil Leifer. Songs by Bugatti and Musker. Musical director Stanley Myers, released by Columbia Stroke EMI Stroke Warner Distributors. I tried to track there's... down Neil Lifer. You know that, right? I've, I've approached yeah, him on said Twitter. You were do that. I approached yeah. him on Twitter, but no dice. Did he ignore you. Just ignored me. Mm. But I, you know, listen, I didn't get where I am by being put off by people ignoring me. <laughs> You're Britain's top journalist. You exactly. Don't, you don't I will fucking hound this quit. cunt. I know how to get... I'll have other channels to explore. I would really like... I mean, you know he took all these famous Muhammad Ali pictures, Michael Drew, he's one of the most... He's probably the most successful sports photographer ever. So I think that, you know, he he will have an interesting story to tell. But obviously the main thing we're interested in... Yeah, we're not interested in that, mate. We just want to talk about that film you made in 1979 with Lovejoy. (laughs) I got no recollection of that. I was steeped in drink at the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, inside the double gate full sleeve there's uh, some stills from the film some nice captions I'm not going to read them because a lot of them are, are spoilers basically but it's one of them where it's got 10 tracks on each side so the grooves are very uh, tightly together so the sound quality is pretty shit on it but um, and some of the tracks have been I short I tell you what more bang for on. your butt than that cameo album you bought 
Well, exactly, yeah. Seven tracks on the Cameo album, 20 on this fucker. And I, I bet that cost more than the oh. fiver even back when you bought it in the 80s. Yeah, it will have been, yeah. But uh, it's got some good stuff. Ring My Bell by Anita Ward, Wanted Lovely. by the Dooleys, Duke of Earl by Darts. I say good stuff, though. none of them are very Darts. good, really. Oh, like. that's our old mate, um, what's his name? Dan Hegarty. Dan Hegarty. Dan Hegarty. Who my yeah. mate pretended was his uncle. And, yeah. and still, even when he went back for a reunion recently to his old still school did. in Halifax, had to maintain the lie, even though he's now in his, like, 50s. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dan Hegarty. Um, I'm going to say, yes, yes, he's still my uncle. <laughs> I'm assuming he's still alive, yes. Um, and then it says at the bottom, it is illegal to copy this record without a licence. So, uh, okay. Fucking hell. Fucking hell, calm down. Illegal. Uh, Warwick Records. Take a fucking chill pill, Warwick Records. (laughs) So that's the uh, soundtrack. That goes next to my copy of the script that I've got, which I might refer to today. Reach for that. There it is. Um, Where were we at? Let's have a look. Um, uh, The last time it was uh, Rod had just turned up at his bed sit. All nice and pissed, hadn't mm. he? And he uh, he gets in and he opens a can. And look at that. Who's that in his bed? Why, it's only Susan, played by the beautiful uh, young Glynis Barber. Fucking is, hell. He's, Rod is living a life, isn't he? I mean, I don't know what's gone gone on with her, what her problem is. She must have all she's, kinds of psychological She's got issues, yeah. Issues to be hanging around with this fucker. But uh, she's in bed. And he stumbled in. Maybe she thinks he, she he can just, fix him. Well, maybe that's what it is. Is that what women do? I don't know. That's what. That's, what's, that's, what, that's the, the cliche. I don't know if it's true. That's what women do not. in Jackie Collins stories. Yeah. yeah. I can fix him. I can change him. Yeah. And uh, he he he's fucking mumbling incomprehensibly, which dem- demonstrates that he's drunk. He's like going because <laughs> <laughs> that's what drunk people do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. five drinks <laughs> and she says she's in bed there she says I should have known you'd walk in drunk and he's just a cunt Rod Turner he says you're lucky I didn't walk in with another girl oh. fuck her now you fucking yeah, but, rotter no but hang on what he, he the, like he is obviously a cunt right he's not a mm. good he's a toxic boyfriend my analysis yeah. of him is that he is actually full of self-hatred. That's where all of this is coming from. Yeah. He doesn't love himself, right? And he yeah. actually feels that he's undeserving of a woman like that. Um, but rather than have the guts to, like, just break it off, right, he mm. basically is trying to drive her away because he is self-destructive. And it actually yeah. is married to the drink and he just doesn't want anyone getting in the way of that. Yeah. It's but self-sabotage, on, on isn't it? The other side of it is that she... Shouldn't be near him. She's way too good for him. He will ruin her life, right? And mm. he's got, and she is being a bit like over the top because she keeps. He's told her, "I don't want this to be a serious thing," but she keeps saying, "You're moving in with me," and she keeps turning up itself. So, yeah. So it, it is a it is a mean thing, but at the same time, if you just wanted <clears throat> a bit of space and time to yourself, and you came in to your bed set, right, mm. and all nice and drunk. Try to all nice and junk. You might have plans. You might go, ah, to get in and I'll put on the fucking snooker, right? 
And I think I've still got a bag of Monster Munch somewhere lying about, so I'll crack that. I'll have that for my dinner. And I've got an old I'll couple of cans. put the on. Yeah. Right. And I'll just sit in my pants having my Monster Munch and watching fucking Ray Reardon. Right. That sounds lovely. And you get that, you yeah. oh, fuck me. Glynis Barber's there. It is a bit of an affront to just be waiting in someone's house yeah. uninvited. Well, I mean, I know we probably can't get over the fact that it's Glynis Barber. So part of you's like, yeah. well, who could complain about that? But you have to see it exactly. from Rod's perspective. He's like, fuck's sake, I just need... <clears throat> Don't you understand? I'm a raging alcoholic and all I care about is drinking alcohol. And I like to mm. do it on my own because then there's no one around to judge me. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I can't get past the Glynis Barber thing, I suppose. I suppose yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's, difficult. it's a difficult hurdle to clear mentally. Uh, so there we are. He's... Uh... So then he says, you're lucky I didn't walk in with another girl. And uh, she says, I don't know why I bother with you. And he says, why bother then? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's taking the old off. treat and mean thing quite yeah. far, isn't he? Fuck, fuck off, because I want me monster munch. <clears throat> <laughs> and he... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fucking eat me fucking monster munch. Yeah, perhaps. Fucking on top of everything. Oh, he crossed the line there. <laughs> And what's this you're watching? Oh. This is bollocks. <laughs> well, that's it. This She's ain't the snooker. Even... What's this, fucking figure skating? Fuck off. <laughs> so he gets on the bed next to her and, he's, and she says, don't you want me to stay? And then he goes, and then he's, he's like aroused by this. <laughs> he just goes, uh, I want you to do whatever you want. Uh, oh, I don't like <laughs> And then he rolls over on top of her. <laughs> and then try, tries to assume the missionary position. Oh, God, <laughs> I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can fucking get it up. Uh, oh, all right, no. then. Uh, if you're willing to be a bit patient, then I've got to give it a right good crack. <laughs> you might have to guide it in, but I'll do my best. <laughs> you just got to stick with it, yeah. It's not gonna work. For, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not gonna work first time. Might not work second or third, but in the end, where there's a will, there's a way. Well, once I get a good rhythm going, I think we'll be all right. I'll give it a rest. <laughs> well, listen, I really don't mind me finishing off these months so much while we do it because it's the fuel I need, you know. <laughs> I need to feel I'm like a steam train. You need to keep can, shoveling can, coal can, into me. Because what I do is I crunch the monster much rhythmically and it helps me with the pumping. <laughs> helps me get a good rhythm going. Helps me focus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the best bit, the best bit of the early part of the film. So he's on top of her, about to uh, about get it get engaged in sexual congress and then he glances at his watch and he goes oh yeah five minutes till sports night <laughs> he doesn't does he really? he does he does <laughs> oh my god what a disgusting it's the man humiliation for beautiful young Susan oh oh god five she was about minutes to have really really night. she was about to have really really low quality sex with a drunk old man and uh, he spurned her for sports night instead. I don't know what happens to the Monster Bunch for you sports know what, night. This, this kind of like, <clears throat> you know, the toxic 70s masculinity 
model yeah. as embodied yeah. by Rod Turner. Mm. And it made a sort of a comeback in the 90s. If you remember the, the sort of laddie stuff like loading and all that, they used to even like serialise Minder and Get Carter and all that sort of stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. I think after yeah. the politically correct years of the 80s, everyone sort of like harked back to this, right? And yeah. what it did did is that sort of thing, that, that is exactly the sort of thing that everyone would laugh about, right? When me and my mm. mates were, were teenagers, we'd laugh our heads off at a line like that, five minutes till sports night, right? And it puts me in, in mind of, like, it's almost a trope amongst young men. I don't think it is these days. I hope it's not, right? Where giving a shit about other stuff more than your girlfriend or a woman is sort of hilarious, yeah. right? And... Even if we take aside the, you know, the moral or ethical considerations of all of that stuff, right, <clears throat> which obviously is awful, right, the worst thing is I remember demonstrating an attitude not quite as bad as Rod Turner's to women because mm. you thought it was entertaining to your mates and you yeah. also thought it showed that you didn't give a shit and you're a jet lad. Yeah. And in very simple practical terms this is i'm not giving a moral lecture to anyone what that did was cost me a huge amount of sex yeah exactly and you don't want to be an old man like me looking back on the sex that was missed out upon Uh, i could have had a lot more sex than i did no what i would say is i could have had a bit more okay let's rewind I'm probably exaggerating when I say a lot of sex oh, yeah, I mean I had hundreds a percent- of offers that I uh, accidentally gave up because perhaps? I wanted to watch sports night no I could have had a, a bit more sex because yeah. you just remember three more always do- yeah exactly alright you, you've asked me to put a number on it I'll put I, a number I, on I it could- there's a chance I may have had <laughs> sex with three more women <laughs> I could have had three I could have had three more sex <laughs> But you know what I mean? I don't know if you did it, yeah. but like you'd sort of, it wouldn't be like outwardly mean. It would be more like you thought that that made you like a bit more of a bloke by doing the old sort of, that nah, sports night's it, well, on in five it, minutes, it, love. It's, it's, Do you know what I mean? It's there's like, a fucking phrase. There's a phrase for it. It's, it's treat them mean, keep them keen, isn't it? Yeah. And it's bullshit. But it never, ever, ever will work. Never, in fact, never works. the opposite is true, right? It's, I mean, if, there, if we have any young listeners, God help you, don't follow any of our advice. But nonetheless, I'll give you some. Is That is like a ruse by your mates who are terrified that you're going to have more sex than them, right? That whole well, kind of treating me and giving green. Your best chance, no matter what your mates tell you or what you hear, your best chance is to fucking steal a march on those other cunts by being yeah. kind and sensitive, right? And just fucking nice, right? And that yeah. is the way to succeed. But I don't think it is. It's really complicated. There's no tried and trusted way of, of, of getting success, if you want to call it that, or maintaining a relationship like that. Because different people have got different needs and they've got different psychological shit going on. Like, I, I love watching First Dates on Channel 4. I love it. Mm. And you get women on there who come on and they go, ah, oh, I'm just trying to find a nice boy. I always end up with fuck boys. So there's these blokes out there who are fuckboys who'll just fucking run all these women and right. these women keep getting attracted to them for whatever reason, right. possibly because they're funny or they've got a yeah. bit of personality about them, they're a bit flash, right. and then they'll just fuck them and dump them. And it's 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 like a complicated... It's like Japanese knotweed. Yeah. You know, there's no tried and trusted path through it. It's just everywhere and there's all these different and branches but, but, of it. But on the whole, 
on the whole. But I know what you mean. Yeah. We, we all did you, that sort of thing. You might as well. You, yeah, that might be true. But, you know, if you miss that, the other thing about it is, is that, yeah, it might work from time to time, being a bit of a Jack the mm. Lad and, and a bit sort of like seemingly inhuman, right? But why? Yeah. You know, he's like statistically, you, you're going to get further by being nice and kind. And plus, even if you do miss out by accidentally falling into what I believe is called the friend zone, then fuck it anyway. At least you haven't been a cunt. Yeah. At least you have a new friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and you can, my mother always <laughs> says, never mind, Sam, you could never have too many friends. Mother, I've me. got a new did, friend. Did you have a nice time at the disco, Sam? Well, that girl who I was hoping might kiss me kissed another man. And when I tried to <laughs> kiss her, she said that we were just friends. Well, that's nice, isn't it, to be friends? No, it's not. <laughs> I want to finger her. <laughs> she won't let me. There's plenty of other girls who may let you finger them one day. You're just a nice boy. I don't want to be nice. I want to be mean. Like Dennis Waterman in Minder. <laughs> I've been watching Teen First Date on E4, yeah. which is... Uh, uh, my daughter thinks I'm a nonce for watching it, yeah. but whatever. They're all 16 to 19-year-olds, so they're all they're all legal. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's good because it's, good it's, it's like you're watching the first date's scenario but you're watching them and they're all younger and they're all that much more raw and they're not fully formed emotionally and behaviorally yeah and there's all that extra awkwardness and everything and and i love oh, teenagers yeah. anyway because they're the future yeah. and I, I like to know what's going on in their heads and what they're into yeah and all these ones in this you know there's there's all kinds of fucking gender fluidity going on oh yeah and some of them have got strong ideas about things that, that seems right and other things that, that seems like bollocks yeah, and it's just good to like see what the future holds, kind of thing. They're all about I am not a nudge. I am not a nudge. Yeah, that's the important lesson here. That's fact, the main that's point the I need to make this episode. Here. My daughter's <laughs> always on about awkwardness. Oh, this is awkward. Everything's a bit awkward. Yeah, and I go cringe. Not for me. I said because I never feel awkward about anything. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm in my forties and I'm a, a white man. I don't give a fuck. I parked all my fucking dignity. I hung my dignity up as I walked in, mate. <laughs> Nothing can embarrass me. I can't sink any lower. <laughs> Look at the state of me. You think I've got time to feel awkward about stuff? That's just happy memory awkwardness. <laughs> Jalapeño. 
from Susan sits back next to her and he's got his, his stereotypical drunk dopey grin on his face like oh, <laughs> I'm gonna watch sports night now um, and there's a he's got his can which is on the side table next to the bed so he sits back with his can and he beckons Susan to cuddle into him and he says come here come here you might <laughs> he puts like his arm too. around that you yeah. might like this too it's West Brom versus Swansea in the milk cup <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a replay. So, <laughs> I've avoided the score especially, so it's. Uh, if you know like it, don't fucking tell me, yeah? Have <laughs> <laughs> you been on my C-Fax while I've been out? <laughs> so, uh, he's. Uh, yeah, and he says, come here. And she just, like, she does, she cuddles into him with, like, an exasperated sigh, as if to say, oh, Rod. Oh, Roddy Rod, Rod. Rod. it up with his shite. It's fucking mental. She but must see something in him. I'd love you, Susan. I'd love you like a real man. Mm. I'd bring you flowers every day. <laughs> anyway. I've even written a poem about it. It goes like this. <laughs> I write you poetry. <laughs> yes. I'd be overly attentive. I smother you. <laughs> You'd run away. They all Nothing run away. Would be too much. But in the end, <laughs> it would suffocate you just like I accidentally showed too much love to the kitten I was bought by my mother. <laughs> and I hugged it and I hugged it and then it just was broken. <laughs> we had to put it in the garden. Uh, uh, I crushed you like a butterfly. Mother says oh, I love so too much. <laughs> <laughs> May I finger you now? Please, please, I've been practicing. I've been practicing, I've been on, practicing on, on some jelly. Yes. <laughs> took the words out of my mouth there. A massive jelly. <laughs> Mother made me a massive jelly. I got a book from the library. <laughs> A young man's guide to fingering. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, where are we? Next scene. Um, I'll, I'll have a quick look at the script and see if there's anything additional in the script that didn't make it in. Um, she says, you're impossible. Absolutely impossible. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the script he says, "Hang on a minute, love. What, what, what to catch sports night?" <laughs> Which is oh, even so worse. he changed it a bit. He made yeah. it funnier. <clears throat> Hang on a minute, love. I'm impressed that Jackie yeah. Collins, in her glamorous sort of Beverly Hills ivory tower, was aware mm. of sports night. Well, she probably, she probably had some employed kind of a team of researchers to fill in some of the cultural references in her script. Yeah, that's probably right. So he does switch on sports night and there's a generic sports presenter there um, and he's saying, uh, Clint Simon's Saints team has gone from strength to strength. Today's win over Birmingham Rovers <laughs> has, has put them in the semi, the FA semi-final. <laughs> and then he says, the only black spot was striker John Snatcher getting himself oh, badly injured. Good name. That sounds like something from the Lenniverse. Doesn't it? John Snatcher. Um, and then, this is possibly the sexiest thing in the whole film, um, Susan turns off the TV with her toe. <gasps> oh, she extends her toe out and switches off the TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that, that does things. That does that, things to me. I don't know why. That's erotic, yeah. 
<laughs> I've put in my notes here, I'd marry her in a heartbeat just for that. Um, so, so I've got a question here <laughs> for potential mates. Question one. What things can what unusual things can you do with your tell around <clears throat> the house? Oh god, yeah. Um Do you have a shark? Can you switch the shark on and off with your toe? Um, can I look at your toe? No? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's always worth asking now. <laughs> um, so she turns off the TV with her toe and she says to him, Let's forget about football just this once. Oh, seduction. Um, she turns to him. He is asleep and snoring. And it's a proper drunk snore as well. He's missed out oh. on the sex there, hasn't he? He's missed out on one sex. One sex. Uh, but he's gone, probably gone not bothered. He's, he's, probably, he's probably had loads. He probably won't look back. He's lost And count. regret the sex he missed out on. Yeah. He's probably had too much. Um, that's why he's messing Susan about like this. Beautiful Susan. Um... <laughs> She carefully removes his can from his hand and places it on the bedside table, I've written here, and then snuggles into him with a look of what I describe as undying love on mm. her face. She just she just doesn't realise how much she's been messed about by this asshole. Such a shame. It's tragic, but there you go. There you go. Um, and then we cut to... Have we got time for the next scene? Yeah, we have. Then we cut to um, Clint Simon... And he's the pop star, of course, played by Paul Nicholas, who uh, owns the Saints, as they're called, football team, uh, who were in third division, I think we said, wasn't it? The League yeah. One equivalent. So it's it's he's, he's in what you can only describe as his pop star office. Yeah. Discs all over the walls. Discs over the wall. More frame pictures. We've had frame pictures earlier on of mm. Rod. And now we've got the same again with Clint of all his greatest moments framed and put up all over his wall. His table is mirrored glass so he can look at himself. Yeah. And I imagine snort cocaine off it when he yeah. needs to. Um, it's a fantastic scene. Um, obviously borrowed by Viz for Rick Spangle, who was yeah. the chairman of Fulchester Rovers a couple, of year, a couple of years after this in Billy the Fish. Um, it's just the generic pop star as football chairman, Elton John. Been the uh, the blueprint reference Watford. point, yeah, yeah. So they're having a meeting there. There's there's Clint Simon, there's Jake Marsh, who's played by Adam Faith, sixties pop star and impressive actor as well. Adam Faith, he did a TV series called Budgie in the yeah. seventies. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it. Um, yeah, he's good. He's really good in this. He's a he's a right mm. arsehole in this, but I think he plays yeah. it really well. He doesn't overdo he's, it. He plays it in good. a very yeah, believable yeah. arsehole way. Understated arsehole. Yeah, understated yeah. arsehole is exactly how he does it in that sort of just yeah. sort of bloke that you come up against in life. Like you really recognise this character. Yeah, that might be on his um, his equity CV or whatever. Yeah. Spotlight the actor's directory, isn't it? It'll mm. be like specialist types. Understated arsehole. They always say, and they always say, horse riding, talent. Yeah, horse riding, fencing, fencing. <laughs> the fencing qualifications. Specialist acting skills. Understated Dancing arsehole. And fencing. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he is. Um. So Jake Marsh is, is the man. He's the manager of Saints, and they're having a meeting, and he says, uh, "Snatch's injury is going to keep him out." I've put some feelers out for players, but nothing. 
And uh, he says, they don't want to come. And Clint Simon says, I don't mind paying money because he's got <laughs> loads of money. He's Clint Simon. And, what else uh, am I going to do with it other than live this life of immense luxury? Wouldn't it be great to just have a football club and just be able to spunk a lot of money away on oh, it? Oh, yeah, it'd be great, mate. Fucking great. Would you buy Sunderland? Um, or would you rather play with a smaller like local club who you could bring up from the um, like, lower reach and there was less I, hassle? I couldn't even afford to buy Sunderland RCA, which is the non-league team that we've got in the city. No, but what I mean you, is if you like had loads of money, if you won the lottery If I had loads of money? Would, if no, you could if afford had, like, it... Like, if you were a billionaire, would you buy Sunderland? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, it'd be a plaything. But it wouldn't be a plaything because I treat it seriously. Right, I'd have you a what, blueprint. Once you buy, if you're a fan and you buy your club, you can. Mm. it's the quickest way to fall out of love with your club because overnight yeah. you go from being one of the fans to basically mm. being despised because there are very few club owners ever <laughs> who are not despised <laughs> by the fans. I mean, you know, yeah. there's differing degrees, obviously, but mm. you know, I'm no fans of the, the people who run West Ham's, who own West Ham, you know, because I think they're incompetent. But the thing is, it's nothing new. When I was a kid, there was a bloke called there was there was a family called the Kearns and a bloke called Ter- Terence Brown who used to run West Ham, and people fucking hated yeah. it, and everything was brown out, brown out every fucking game, right? And it's always the same. Basically, fans hate owners of clubs. And that is why, obviously, I've contemplated buying West Ham many times, like in a fantasy, in a daydream. And Mm. I think, in some ways, I I might find it more intense by a a local non-league club and see what you can do with them. Because everyone would just hate you. Even if you won the Champions League, people would still find a reason to hate you. Mm. I mean, we've got this new lad at Sunderland, a 23-year-old who's bought the club, Kirill Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Who is a cousin of Julia Louis-Dreyfus from V Seinfeld. It's incredible scenes. But um, he's, he's only 23, so he's got a lot of time for us to learn to but, hate him. But he, because what, we will, What eventually. nationality is he? He's Swiss. Okay, so he's not a Sunderland fan born and bred. He's neutral. No, no. Yeah, well, we know he's, about uh, Swiss, don't we, but... He, He's, he's, he's give us all this thing about he's always been impressed by the level of the fan oh, yeah, following and all this flim But the thing is, he's got less to lose because he's not a Sunderland fan. So it's not as painful for him. To him, it's mm. a business. And I'm sure he hopes mm. to do well with it. But he can see it a little bit more clearly and it's unemotional. The thing is, I'm absolutely, if it was you, Andy absolutely, Dawson, buying them, yeah. it would be highly emotional for you. And you would probably yeah, make bad true. decisions. Because True. you would do things that weren't in the best in- long-term interests of the club I to sort of fulfil short-term fan yeah. service. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I've decided not to buy Sunderland now. Then you, I'll tell you what you'd so. do. One of the first things you'd probably do, <clears throat> even if you didn't do it first, you'd eventually hire Kevin Phillips as your manager, right? Mm. Because that's an emotional decision. But it wouldn't necessarily be the best decision. Not that I'm saying he's a shit manager, he might be a good one, but you would just base it on pure emotion and nostalgia. Yeah. And that he yeah, seems totally. like a really nice bloke. Bring back Kevin Phillips as manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I probably won't do that then. Become a billionaire. And then Become a billionaire, someone. just don't buy um, Blythe Spartans. I'll buy the I'll buy the non-league club. I'll buy yeah, Sunderland RCA. Go. And I'll, I'll put some new, I don't know, put a new, um, put a new bar in or something like that. 
It, I love going to watch Sunderland RC. I haven't been for ages because you can have a paint while you're watching the match. Mm. You can just I, I really want to, like, my local non-league team, the nearest is probably Kingstonians. And right. it's apparently, it's where Wimbledon plays as well. It's a nice ground, but I've never been able to convince the boy to come with me. Yeah. Which I've often, before lockdown, wanted to do when, like, yeah. West Ham are away and you just fancy This is proper football, son. I go, come on. And he looks at me. This is the grassroots. These kids... Right, they're so steeped in FIFA and they all love PSG, right? And all the rest of it, right? He loves West Ham. But if you say, he goes, who? And you go up there, Kingston, he goes, what? None? Like, are you mental? It's like I said, do you want to go fucking Brussels sprout picking on a farm today or something? He's just like, never in a million years would I do that with you, Dad. And you're like, fucking hell, mate. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, he's probably right, really. Mm. He's probably right. We're just doing it as an affectation, aren't we? You know what I mean? Well, it's it's interesting. I don't know league. if I'd get into it full time, but I'd be interested to go and see. Oh, I love going along. Yeah, mm. it's great going along. And um, But I'm sure the standard and, of football know, is appalling, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It really is. Um, where are we? Just in the script itself, Clint Simon's office is described a little bit more elaborately than it actually is in the film. It says... Uh, Clint sits behind a glass slab of a desk. The room is crammed with electronic equipment, tape decks, speakers, a jukebox, two TVs, various gadgets and gimmickry. Eight record (laughs) players. So I can play eight records all at once, all my own. A microwave oven. Inside it is another smaller microwave oven. (gasps) A Breville sandwich maker. (laughs) Studded with diamonds. A toy racing car set takes up half the floor. On the wall, framed photographs of football heroes spanning the last 15 years mingle with gold records. Rod's picture is prominent. Fucking hell, Jackie's uh, really gone for it. She's got a very clear idea of this. Hasn't she just? She's got really carried away there. But it says two directors of Acre City, which is what they're called in the script. Saints called Acre City. Uh, sit across the desk and Jake Marsh Jake is 36 dark haired with a beard and broody looking but attractive he walks with a limp (laughs) (laughs) amazing he walks with a limp any any book or film or play or anything that I ever write I will always have a character who walks with a limp it It adds mystery doesn't it and texture well usual suspects obviously nicked that from the script of this didn't they yeah yeah of course they did so, uh, yeah, so he says, I don't mind paying money. And Jake says, it's not about money. Um, and then Clint says, what about O'Donoghue? Uh, and Jake says, he's not good enough to bring out the reserves yet. He shit his pants. <laughs> yeah. He shit his pants. Straight away establishing him as an understated that's a, arsehole. That's a fucking, that's a great phrase that doesn't get used enough these days. <laughs> oh, look at him, he shit his pants. pants. Yeah, because you always say now, I'll, I always say, oh, I shat it, or I shit it, or yeah. I'm shitting it. But sh- but yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. The longer form, on, isn't it? I shat my pants, or I'm shitting my <laughs> yeah. pants. You shit your pants. Yeah. Shit, shit my pants that's is much better. Yeah, it's more it. old school. Yeah, he shit his pants. We need to find ourselves a really good, experienced player. And then Clint Clint has a little drawer next to his desk and he removes a cloth from the drawer and he just gives his little desk, he gives his little desk a little wipe with a cloth. (laughs) Uh, 
Fellas, can we just press pause just for a few moments while I uh, give the desk a little wipe over? I like to do that every 20 minutes or so. I'll just get me cloth out of my cloth drawer. Get me rock I mean, We've talked cloth, cloth haven't we? Yeah. We've talked cloth recently. Well, none of us have got a specific cloth drawer. But he knows the fucking the score, ones, this bloke. He, that's what you do when you get big money. When you get fuck off money, is, you get specialist cloths in, it, in yeah. their very own cloth drawer in your office. This is what we want. Yeah. Me and you. Our non-league clubs and a cloth drop. We've got to get some top white time after. machine dishcloths, mate. Fucking hell. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he, he gets his cloth out and gives his desk a little, his mirrored desk a little wipe. He says, I've had an idea. And uh, one of the two fierceless directors who were sitting there as well says, uh, well, your ideas have been pretty good for the club up till now. And uh, Clint gets up and walks across the, across the, uh, the length of the office and he says, Rod Turner. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. That's his big idea. And that's where we'll leave this episode. Fucking time. yes. What's a film? I'm going to rewatch this film, even though I only saw it about a month ago. Yeah, definitely. Like just talking about it so makes me excited go. again. I mean, we forgot to mention at the beginning, it's on our YouTube channel if you want to watch it. Yeah. TF Time Machine, I think it's called. It's on there in its entirety. Get it watched. Uh, that's it from this episode. Uh, you're all heroes. Mind how you go. Up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 